Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Brandon Wallace from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Good show for you today. The Professor Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald will be on a little later in the show talking about the Eagles uh, game against UTSA this weekend. Baseball signs uh, 12 new Golden Eagles. We'll uh, talk about that today and uh, tomorrow. Um, but uh, and, and then we'll later on we'll be uh, talking Golden Eagles take on North Florida uh, tonight. Kelly Sander, how's Hattiesburg today? It's it's dropped about twenty degrees, I think, in the past hour. So the sun was out this morning, you know, for a little while. Warmed it up a little bit. Now it's overcast again and temperatures plummeting. So I don't, you know, of course we it, should uh, note Bob on his way. Yeah, it, it it is, and I mean, it feels a whole lot better than it did Tuesday. But we should note Bob on his way, um, and. We were coming back from Warren and Warren yesterday, Kelly, and I was in the car with you guys, and I was uh, letting Bob know how cheap uh, Redskin tickets are um, right now. But to his credit, he was a good Redskins fan and ordered his tickets at the beginning of the season. And they're playing the Jets this Sunday, and I, I heard Rich Gannon uh, on the NFL Network last night talking about how unexcusably bad the Cincinnati Bengals are. He said they're historically bad. This that that this might be in his association with the NFL. Of course, Rich Gannon coached the or quarterback course the Oakland Raiders for many years and then on to the Kansas City Chiefs. But he said he's never seen a, a pro football team this bad. So um well, you're making history. I mean, that's a positive, isn't it, Kelly, when you talk about the Bengals? Something historic going on in Cincinnati. Well, assassinations are historical, too. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's something you want to talk uh, well, about. Not pleasant, anyway. But, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Uh, but, anyway. uh, Bob's up there and be catching an NFL game this weekend. He'll be back next week. Uh, first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue. Um, located in a town near you, Dickie's, uh, some of the best barbecue around. Stop by, uh, eat in, get some of that free ice cream or have them cater, um, your next event. Uh, we appreciate Dickie Barbecue, uh, their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. First guest on the Eagle Hour today, one of my former teammates. And Robbie D'Angelo was a center for the Golden Eagles from 2002 to 2006. We won a conference USA championship together. And Robbie was a really good offensive lineman, and he joins us now. Robbie D'Angelo, what's going on, brother? Luke, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thanks for, uh, for, for coming on today. And I was, I, uh, I told Kelly Sander, um, before you and I strapped on the black and gold, the first time I ever met you and Mickey, uh, you and, and me and your brother were all at an Ole Miss Arkansas game as recruits. And so I'm happy that, that we didn't finish up in the red and blue, but that we donned the black and gold together. Amen to that. Thank goodness. So uh, I looked up, I dug up an article. This is from December 11, 2001, from WLOX.com. Uh, Robbie D'Angelo says he will sign 
with Southern Miss. And it talked about your relationship with, with Mick and how you were choosing the Golden Eagles over Ole Miss, Tulane, Memphis, and Kentucky. Um, your dad was a longtime coach on the Gulf Coast. Uh, what made you come uh, to, to Hattiesburg? Man, for me, it was honestly, it was the place where I felt the most home. It felt like family. And then growing up, my dad being a former Southern Miss player, you know, it was always kind of ingrained in us. We'd always go to games growing up. Um, so no matter, you know, where I traveled, where I visited, Southern Miss was always home, man. So it just, it was a natural fit for me. With uh, with Mickey coming up there a, f- a few years before, and and you know you you coming on the the uh, the team not as a skill player, um, but you know as as your brother, there were actually a few games in two thousand two. You uh, he got under center with you, didn't he? No, so we we of course practiced all the time with him under center, which is incredibly awkward being my brother. Um, but we never actually <laughs> played any football game um, where I was playing center and he was playing quarterback, um, just because you know he he got knocked in the head once many times. That's right. You, yeah, you redshirted in '02, and then and then he got injured in 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 '03 uh, for sure. But uh, but Kelly Sander, you know, you you think about um, brothers that have played together. Hadn't really been that many. The Pinkston brothers come to mind, but the D'Angelo brothers right in there. And and you know the position that you played too, Robbie. It always seems to me is has been undervalued. I mean, you hear some offensive linemen being drafted highly, defensive tackles, defensive ends, but you never really hear about you know centers going very high. And it seems to me. That, that centers often get overlooked because if you, if you, the only way you really know how valuable centers are is when you have a bad one. So, so why, you know, why are centers seemingly overlooked? Well, I mean, that's very true. You don't know how bad you're off the if you don't have a center. And I think a big thing of that is, is centers are normally your smallest offensive lineman. I know when I was at Southern, I was the smallest offensive lineman out of the starting five. So I think that's got a big thing um, to do with it because, you know, there's tackles that are going – the highest in the draft, they're 6'5", 6'7", 320 to 330. They're just like these monsters of men. Um, and, you know, that left side tackle is probably the highest paid offensive lineman just because he's protecting the quarterback's blind spot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the center position is something completely different than any other position offensive line because you have to watch so much game film. You have to read the defense. You have to call out so many different schemes. I know when I was playing at Southern Miss, I was watching two to three hours of game film every single day to get ready for upcoming opponents. And I think that's just one of those things that I wanted to do because I didn't like being caught off guard. I wanted to make sure we were in the best position possible for success. So I think that's one of the big differentiating factors for centers especially. And, and to the layperson who doesn't know a lot about football, including me, they'd sit there and say, well, if you can play center, why can't you be a long snapper? But, but there's two different art forms, aren't they? And kind of educate us. Okay, so I actually, when I first got to Southern, I was doing both. Okay. I was deep snapping and playing center. But really the difference is, you know, most of your deep snappers, they're going to specialize in that position. Um, deep snapping, of course, it's, fifth, it's seven yards on a field goal, 15 on for punts, and they've got to be precision timing. They've got to work on that all day, every day, because, if, you know, everybody watching football, you know if there's a bad snap, it's terrible for the team. Um, and then centers, centers are typically going to be a lot bigger than deep snappers. Most deep snappers are a little bit more, um, a little bit lighter, where centers are going to be a bigger offensive line, normally over 300 pounds. Um, it's kind of a different position, really. And with a center, too, like I said, you've got to call off the defenses. You've got to really be the quarterback 
of the offensive line. And Luke talked about uh, about your brother playing on the team. You mentioned that your dad, of course, played at Southern Miss and coached on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. With coming from a, a football family and coaches, football coaches being notoriously kind of stern and and, and stoic. Um, oh yeah. Did, would if if you would have gone to your dad and said, "Dad, I don't want to play football," how how would that have gone? Okay, so coming out of high school, my my dad, you know, my dad was he was a, definitely a firm coach. Um, definitely was authoritarian on the coaching because he, he was a head coach. I mean, you, you got to be that way. And he said, "All right, son, you got two choices. If you want to go to college, you can join the military or play football." And you know, I, I kind of understood what he meant. Like, you know, hey, we're, we're school teachers. We don't have a whole lot of money for college. You need to earn your way. And I think, you know, if I would have came to him and said, hey, Dad, I don't want to play football, he would have understood that um, just because he played, he understands the grind, he understands that if your heart and your passion isn't in it, then you're not going to excel. I mean, that's one thing he did tell me when I was considering going into coaching. He said, if you don't love it, don't do it. So I I think that's his mindset with football because you have to. You have to love what you're doing to put in the hard work and the effort it takes to be successful. Yeah, and and I'm glad uh, I'm glad you came to Southern Miss, Robbie, because you were a good one. We won a conference championship together. You got to play in another conference championship. Uh, but man, um, I, I guess a few years ago, I started hearing, dude, Robbie Robbie D'Angelo is like swole and like cut, and you know the rest of us that like gained weight after college. And and man, uh, there's been some articles written about you. You know, after you uh, after you finished playing at Southern Miss, man, you. Um, you have something going on, and, and just tell our listeners uh, about that journey. Right. So when I, when I finished playing Southern um, in 2006, actually I went on a health journey, and for the course of the next calendar year, I lost right at about 110 pounds. And for me, it was just I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. I'd, I'd had four knee surgeries by that point. I'm still missing a chunk of bone out of my shoulder. Like, my body was wrecked. Um, the trainer that's still there now, Todd McCall, like, he literally – used to make fun of me saying that they're going to name the training room after me one day um, because I was in there so much. I literally sometimes would play in games, would sleep in the training room just to get my body ready to play the next day for a game. So that kind of you know broke me down physically, but also mentally and emotionally. When you're playing through that much pain, it wears on you mentally. Um, so over the course of the next year, like I said, I lost 110 pounds. Um, but then, you know, life hit me and made some other bad choices. And what that really kind of let me do was it helped me understand that mental health was just as important as physical health. And that's what spurred me to write a best-selling book on the psychology of health. And now I travel all over speaking and coaching on not just physical performance, but mental performance as a human optimization coach. Yeah, well... That's good, man. Well, it's good to talk to you. And, uh, Robbie, thanks for uh, for joining uh, us today, man, just uh, reminiscing a little bit. And thanks for everything you've uh, done for Southern Miss football. Luke, I appreciate talking to you today, man. Hey, and Luke, he might have lost 110 pounds, but if he wants them back, I've got them. Hey, me, I can find them. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Robbie D'Angelo, former Southern Miss center. Uh, we'll continue with Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
appreciate Robbie D'Angelo coming on for us. Uh, really good center for their Golden Eagles from 03 to 06. The brother of former Golden Eagle quarterback Mickey D'Angelo, and we appreciate Robbie joining us um, today. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Highway 49, also online, campusbookmark.net. Holiday season's coming up, Christmas right around the corner, and uh, what better way to uh, to show your love uh, for the Eagles and for your family. Hook some people up uh, around you with some Golden Eagle swag. Campus Bookmark is the place to get it. Well, it's Thursday. Let's go down to the Gulf Coast and talk to Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Uh, Patrick, Golden Eagles win 37-2. to um, Kelly Sander never in doubt on that. The rest of us were... Hopefully the Golden Eagles will win, but he was right. I talked to you a little bit about uh, Saturday at, at halftime. Uh, coming away from it, what was your uh, just takeaway uh, on Saturday's game? Well, I, I, obviously the defense is playing really well and it's kind of playing up to the standard we expected. Them. But, but at the same time, we have to take, take into account the last two games. Uh, Southern Miss not play, uh, face very good quarterback play. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's a it's an encouraging thing. Uh, uh, you know the offense played well even while Jack Abraham took some hits a year ago. You know whenever Jack Abraham took some hits, sometimes it was hard for Southern Miss to get off the mat. But I think Abraham did a good job of kind of weathering uh, the pressure at UAB put on. Uh, maybe that's a year of maturity for Jack and being able to handle that better. And the offensive line maybe showing some improvement as games goes along and making some adjustments there. So it was a good game. Uh, UAB doesn't look <laughs> very good right now. Uh, as we all kind of noted, the teams they had beaten coming in were, were generally pretty bad. And I think Southern Miss was far and away the best team they've kind of uh, played other than maybe Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, uh, a, a good win for Southern Miss and, and a good sign for that defense. One of the takeaways that I got from Saturday, I asked Lee Robert this on Monday, and and uh, because he covers our games, he hasn't watched every single uh, you know team in Conference USA. Uh, you, you've been able to, to see some teams play a little more. I asked him this question after Saturday's performance. Uh, Quez Watkins is probably not just statistically, but probably the best athletic talent at wide receiver in Conference USA. Yeah, I, I think he's you know he's exceptional. I mean, he's only played in seven games and he ranks second in the conference in receiving yardage. Uh, he's averaging, I think, 112 yards receiving per game, ranks fifth in the nation. Uh, it's, you know, last year was really good for Quez. This year he's even better. Uh, I think he averaged a touch over 12 yards a catch a year ago. Now he's up over 21 yards a catch. So, uh, uh Jack Abraham's had more chances to throw downfield behind a better offensive line. And Quez has just done a really good job of, uh, getting downfield and even catching balls whenever he's generally covered pretty well. He's going up high and getting balls, uh, well downfield and just, really just putting himself in a great position to make the catch and getting open for Jack. So uh, Quez Watkins looks more and more like a like an NFL receiver. And if, and if he so chooses, I'm sure he's got to listen to people and see what people have to say. He may have a chance to go pro after the season. I'm intrigued about this game uh, coming up this weekend because the last time the Eagles had a bye week, you know, they put it on North Texas and then, well, suffice it to say, didn't play well against Louisiana Tech. And this UTSA game falls in a similar type pattern where they had a bye week. They demolished UAB. So now UTSA is in that same spot that Louisiana Tech is in. And I know that, uh, that, that the Roadrunners might be a little bit better people than Patrick, or Patrick than people uh, thought they might be. But, I mean, having to come from behind to beat Old Dominion at home, I would think that this you know, fares well for Southern Miss. And it might be a game the Eagles don't even necessarily have to play well in, but uh, could win. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a game that Southern Miss should win on the road and win fairly handily. Uh, I know. I think heard y'all talking about the spread is what sixteen, seventeen points. Uh, I would kind of walk kind of gingerly on the spread because sometimes these games can get a little ugly on the road. And uh, UTSA has good at looking guys, big, good size on both sides of the ball, especially on defense. So it's a game where I can, you know, I can see UTSA kind of putting up a challenge for two, three quarters. But it's a game that Southern Miss win. They're just so much better offensively than UTSA. Uh, it's you know they've got a good athletic quarterback, but it's you know it, to me it's kind of like facing UTEP all over again the way I look at it. And this is a game that Southern Miss should you know uh, it may not may not be pretty, but it's a game that Southern Miss should win by you know at least a couple of touchdowns. You've been keeping track of all the potential bowl spots and where Conference USA teams might fall in, and it seems like there's a growing momentum in the Hattiesburg area anyway for the Eagles to go to the New Orleans Bowl. Any any updates there, Patrick? No, I mean that, this. It's become a little bit harder to predict, uh, predict bowl games here the last year or two. Uh, you know, you really don't know until after that conference title game is over. But the way you kind of slot in games and see where teams might land, and uh, you know, to me, what what really kind of dictates where Southern Miss goes is where Louisiana Tech uh, ends up going. And it looks like right now Tech's probably got a good chance to win the conference. And it seems like every chance they get, uh, Louisiana Tech wants to go to the Dallas Fort Worth area, and there's a Potentially a couple of games they could go to over there, the first responder bowl and the Frisco Bowl. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, if they have a good opponent over that way, I think Louisiana Tech goes to Dallas Fort Worth and opens up uh, New Orleans for Southern Miss, and plus Louisiana Tech may want to go to uh, Florida or something like that. So, uh, at this point, I would say it's better than fifty percent chance Southern Miss ends up in New Orleans, just the way things have kind of stacked up at this point. The, the but at the same time, if if you if you go to New Orleans, I was reading your article on SunHerald dot com. Golden Eagles may have a top twenty five opponent with Appalachian State if they go to New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, uh, App State is that you know so close to being undefeated right now. I'm sure they would like to play that Georgia Southern game all over again. Uh, they've beaten North Carolina and South Carolina. And, uh, you know, I don't see anybody kind of beating them from here on out. I think it looks like they're going to play Louisiana Lafayette in the championship game, a team they've already beaten in Lafayette. And I'm assuming that game will be played at App State. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be App State in the Sun Belt, barring something uh, crazy. You know, App State will be in that New Orleans Bowl. And to me, you know, uh, uh, Southern Miss fans, well, I don't want to go to App State and lose to App State. You know, I'd rather play a, a bigger name or a team we can beat. I mean, it's. To me, that's a, that's an attractive game, a game that App State's going to be fired up for. You want to go into a game where there's some energy, in, you know, energy, you know, surrounding it, some momentum, and I think that would be an exciting game in New Orleans uh, on December 20th, just to play a team the quality of App State. The wild card's going to be the Independence Bowl, though, isn't it in Shreveport? Yeah, I, I don't think that you know, two years removed from that Independence Bowl, I don't think Southern Miss ends up there. And I, if I'm Southern Miss, I don't want to go there, even if there's an attractive opponent, because it's the day after Christmas, and everybody remembers how cold uh, Shreveport was two years ago. Uh, it's it's just not an attractive game. I, I think somebody a little bit farther down the uh, the uh, pecking order will go there. I, I think Western Kentucky makes some sense, and at the end, Louisiana Tech may decide they want to stay close to home and. They can have Christmas at home and, and go play in that bowl game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a possibility for Southern Miss, but I, you know, I think maybe it's more likely a, a Western Kentucky or somebody like that ends up in Shreveport. Patrick, talking about uh, Southern Miss basketball real quick, Golden Eagles um, headed to uh, North Florida tonight. 
Um, we were all watching football on Saturday, but I guess the, really the, the the revelation in the first two regular season games has been Joe or been Bojack Donmi. I, I keep saying his name like that. I may be mispronouncing his name, but this is a guy that only scored thirty points last year total, and uh, he's got like almost fifty points through two games. Yeah, Jack Donmi. I mean, he's. I mean, he. I. I you know, it's kind of hard to tell where he came from. I mean, he was just kind of a body off the bench. Uh, last year to give him a little bit of uh, a size defensively in there. And next thing you know, he's <laughs> scoring 18 points and nine rebounds against the South Alabama team that's really expected to compete for a conference title. And we saw what he did to Delta State, and those numbers were nuts. Uh, so obviously, Bobon, he's become suddenly a, really an offensive force, and he's hitting the boards, and uh, he's a big, strong guy, you know, 6'8", 255. And, and <laughs> it's, you know, I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, obviously, he's yeah, I, taken a I major didn't. leap forward. I mean, he, it's it's kind of stunning. I I've never seen a player. Uh, I mean, it's a long season, uh, but the way he's playing, I just you know, I, it's pretty it, pretty impressive and very very surprising. With with Watson and uh, with Drain in the backcourt, uh, I think uh, Harper Baker had like fourteen rebounds the other night. It, it's huge that Southern Miss has a big man this early in the season because for the last several years there really hadn't been any options down low. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since Southern Miss had a guy, say, maybe six, seven, six, eight that can't really be, you know, I look back to maybe Davion Boardingham, who's even slightly smaller than Jack Domi, uh, as a guy there in the post. He was pretty productive in there and consistent from game in and game out. If they can get, you know, 16 points and, and eight to nine boards a game from Jack Domi, that just makes Southern Miss that much tougher. I mean, there aren't going to be many teams in Conference USA that have somebody like that. Uh, so yeah, it, to me, it, it you know they were picked to finish last in the conference, uh, but if the pieces come into place and uh, the drain, uh, the three pointer will eventually start falling for drain. Uh, this is a team that could maybe get into you know maybe in the top six or seven teams of the conference if they just keep building and getting better. Uh, there's just not a lot of depth on the team at the moment. And if you're going to shoot the three point shot, it's good to have a guy by the name of Drain, right? And yeah, I mean <laughs> well, he was one of the best in the nation last year when it comes to shooting a three pointer. Uh, he he's just playing a different role, and I think he's still adjusting. He was basically a big three or a, you know undersized four uh, last season, and now he's uh, uh, strictly playing the two, and he's just hand, handling the ball a lot more, and it's just a lot more pressure on him uh, overall. So eventually, it'll, it'll come into focus for him. All right, Patrick, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, real quick um, prediction for Saturday, uh, score wise. Uh, I would say Southern Miss, maybe 35-17. to Okay. Man, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us every week. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald. Kelly Sander and I back right after this on the Eagle Hour. To the top. Back in the chilly South Mississippi here on the Eagle Hour. This segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, which is right over the 4th Street Bridge, there by Highway 49 in the shadow of MM Roberts Stadium. We will be pre gaming there a week from tomorrow, getting ready 
Then for the Western Kentucky Hilltopper game that comes in, eight ninety five lunch special includes your drink every day. Great menu items to choose from, even the locale stuff if you want to go that way with their buffalo chicken wraps and uh, salads and whatnot. And lots of uh, great people always, always at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you shoot a little bit of pool, that's the place you want to go to, and we're glad that they're with us on the Eagle Hour. Luke, a lot of uh, teams, Conference USA, taking the weekend off, getting ready for the for the home stretch, but uh, there obviously is some action going on this weekend. Yeah, just uh, eight teams playing. Um, that's really it. All eyes Friday night, and if, if you want to watch one, if you don't have a high school football game um, to go to uh, CBS Sports Network at 6 p.m. Friday, Louisiana Tech at Marshall. So uh, Mean Green didn't do it for the Golden Eagles last week, so we're going to pull for the herd uh, this week. That's a huge game, 6 p.m. Central Time, Friday night. We need Marshall to win and need Louisiana Tech to uh, to really lose two out of the last three. Uh, on Saturday at 12 noon, UTEP at UAB, 3.30, Rice at Middle Tennessee. And then 5 o'clock on ESPN Plus um, is Southern Miss at UTSA. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, – I got to double-check this, but I subscribe to ESPN Plus. I pay like $5 a month. You know, Disney Plus released earlier this week, and supposedly there's a promotion going right now. You can get – you get Disney Plus, you get Hulu – and you get ESPN Plus. It's only like twelve bucks. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, that's more than what Netflix costs my wife to watch Good Witch. You know, so I mean, <laughs> what you call uh, her? It's an opportunity. <laughs> I didn't call her that. Leave oh, that okay. She she watches the show. Oh, yeah, okay. Southern Miss taking on UTSA at five o'clock. It's on ESPN Plus, and it's something going back to what we talked about to Andy Everett on uh, on Tuesday. It it really is conference USA this year. We we hadn't been able to brag on the conference um, that much from from the very top. There's been a lot of criticism that that's gone um, to towards the commissioner, and and some I think is is probably rightfully so. But man, they did a really good job with some of these TV deals with NFL Network, and it's not just like a, a few years ago you couldn't find the game or or you had to watch it in a weird platform. I mean, every single time uh, the Golden Eagles have have been on TV this year. Agreed, agreed. But also from what Andy, Andy Everett said the other day at Luke, and I think it's he, he talked about the league being top heavy. And if the league is ever going to get more lucrative TV contracts, some of these schools, let's just put it out there. I mean, some of these schools have got to get better. I mean, Rice and UTEP. I mean, they're they're dragging. At least when it comes to football, they're they're dragging the conference. They're terrible. You know, Old Dominion isn't isn't a whole lot better. You know, so as a league. You know, they've got it. And, and yes, every conference is going to have some dead weight. You know, Vandy is a very prestigious university, but they're generally at the bottom of the heap of the of the SEC, you know, in, in football. Um, and dare I say, you know, Mississippi State has kind of been, you know, in the Ole Miss, they've, they've kind of taken their turns at the bottom of the league with Kentucky. But UTEP and Rice are so bad that, that you're almost – from a humanitarian standpoint, you're almost pulling for these teams. But you guys, please, <laughs> please win a game or two so that the conference becomes a little bit more uh, attractive, you know, to to other TV suitors. Or am I overplaying that in your view? No, it's true. Um, and and you can argue that that's some of the reason that Southern Miss attendance has has dipped. When we were talking to Jeremy Bridges the other day, I just went back and was looking when he and I played and. And in the late nineties and the early two thousands, you know, some of the attendances and, uh, sometimes it obviously did fluctuate huge crowd for when Nebraska came to town for the SWAC opponents. I mean, but when, when Jackson state came, 
Uh, in my redshirt freshman year in 02, 36,000 people. So what I'm getting at is it, it is something to do with the opponents. And so when you have winless teams or, uh, you know, two and, and eight teams, Southern Miss fans historically have been accustomed to watching most of the time teams with winning records and, and some in the top 25 playing in the rock. So some of that has to do with, our fan base has been conditioned over the years uh, for, for quality opponents, and so that just suffers, especially four out of your five home games when they're all conference games. You know, we were talking earlier in the year that that uh, the new athletic director, of course, Jeremy McLean, has got to think a little bit outside the box because if you keep on doing what you always did, you're going to keep on getting what you always got. So beer sales you know, came, came to the forefront and, and was passed, so beer sales now. That is adding you know additional revenue because as – you know, as the crowds diminish, those funds have got to come from somewhere else. So, so that's I'm sure it's not covering it it quite, but it is good that there is another um, revenue source there. Whether you're pro beer sales or against it, you can't dispute the fact that it is bringing you know additional money in. And I was I was disappointed. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I was a little bit disappointed Saturday when it was absolutely ideal weather conditions. Um, a, a big game that Southern Miss needed to win. The guys played well, and just not not near as big a crowd as as you would have anticipated. And I know people say, "Well, there was a look. Either you're in or you're out." You know. Um, so, and and at some point, you may have to pick. You know wh- who you're allegiant to. But that's that's all I'm I'm going to say about that. But I just hope that that you know that the teams at the bottom of the heap and UTEP has been bad now for two straight years. You know, Rice has not been real strong. Just the league as a whole has just whatever they can do to try to, you know, help these teams get better so that they're more attractive to TV contracts on down the road. I got to tell you, Luke, I, you I were met, talk, yeah, I, I met, I were, met a yeah, that's what I was about to say. You were talking about allegiance um, in, in the uh, in, during our break. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, this is this is such a cool story to me. Uh, I was in Petal, Mississippi this morning, a uh, suburb of Hattiesburg, and I got to meet a couple by the name of Steve and Jeanette Nagy. And they spell their last name N-A-G-Y. They're they're been married for forever. Uh, they're both in their mid to late 80s. And um, and I was asking them you know, where they met, and their eyes just lit up. They met on the campus at at Mississippi Southern, which is what it was called at the time, in 1955. And they married a year later in 1956. And Mr. Steve Nagy was raised in Hattiesburg, went to, went to Sacred Heart, and he was relating stories to me of how, at the time, the stadium only had one side, which was the east side, which faces Highway 49. And as a kid, so this is going back quite a while now, he would used to sneak under the fence. There was a couple holes that, you know, you know how dogs kind of dig the dirt out from underneath fences that he could yeah. get under the fence and, uh, and go watch the football team. Uh, play their their games there but he and his wife Jeanette they met at a Southern Miss football game in 1955 and every year since then they have had season tickets have season tickets to this day now physically they don't don't get around you know very well and Mr. Steve's you know vision is kind of uh, impaired but they still have those Southern Miss football tickets and said they wouldn't dream of not having Southern Miss season tickets. And do they get to go to the games? Obviously, no. We've talked about they they can't get around as well as they used to. But they've got a lot of grandchildren, children, and the Southern Miss tickets are always a hot property 
in that household. And it was just so cool to see what Southern Miss, at that time they were the Southerners, you know, the, the Mississippi Southern Southerners, but to see what that school meant to this couple and the tradition of football has meant to this couple. And it is, it's part of their story, their ongoing story for 60-some years. And they still love Southern Miss football. So we salute Stephen and Jeanette Nagy today from Petal, Mississippi, in their late 80s. And their romance all started on the campus of Mississippi Southern at a Southern Miss or Mississippi Southern football game back in 1955. I think it's pretty safe to say we know uh, what game they were following at 2.30 this past Saturday. <laughs> yes, they were, they were cheering for those Eagles. You know that's the truth. So we, we salute them, and it was, it was cool for me Saturday. Um, my mom couldn't go to the game, so uh, you know, I, I, I didn't sit where I usually sat. I went and sat with my dad. He's had the same season tickets. He switched. We, we used to sit up, up top in the west. And we would sit in the bleachers, but sometimes they wouldn't come in the old yellow chairbacks, and so me and Dad would slip down and sit in the chairbacks. Well, when I started playing, um, obviously he never really missed a game, but he was going to, uh, he really wasn't going to have a reason to miss a game. So they moved their tickets, and they're on the west side. They're about on the five yard line, but they're under the overhang. So Dad loves it. So, you know, he can, even if it's raining or, or it's cold, he's got a little protection up there. But it was really cool Saturday, um, to, you know, just to sit there with Dad and, and cheer. Uh, for the Eagles because he's the one that introduced me to Southern Miss football. So people like um, the Nagy's, people like my, my dad, there's been so many people along the years that have introduced uh, the next generation, um, and, and as they're still doing, inter- introducing the third and fourth generation um, to Southern Miss. And and that's what that's what you know it takes to create a fan base. And and uh, we were talking about in in the car yesterday on the way back, Kelly. You know, um, you, you look up twenty years from now. There's got to be people to step up and and replace some of these uh, people that have supported Southern Miss for a long time. And and you hope that that that's going to happen. And and uh, you know, as long as we've got a breath around, you know, we're going to be uh, we're going to be preaching that gospel. So let's hope that that you know that that happens. So it was just it was great to meet the Nagies. Uh, today so i just want to give them that's a great story yeah give them a special shout out we've got one segment left on the eagle hour and we will take care of that after we take care of this Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Goldport Home Center bring us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Check them out on Highway 49 in Goldport, Mississippi, or online, goldporthomecenter.ms. Goldport Home Center, more room for you, more room for your family. Luke, Kelly, and Brandon from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Exciting Day tomorrow for the Southern Miss cross-country team. They're set to race at the NCAA South Regional Championships in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, Southern Miss will have seven women racing in the uh, 6K. It's being hosted by Florida State, 8.30 in the morning. So uh, at 
We will do our best to bring you the results tomorrow, but that's a that's a big deal. Coach Stewart was on a few weeks back talking to us about um, just how this is one of the best uh, ever finishes for cross country, and we'll be cheering the Lady Eagles on tomorrow at 8.30. Volleyball wrapping up their season this weekend, two home matches. Tonight against FIU at 6 p.m. in Hattiesburg, and then Saturday at 1 uh, against Louisiana Tech. Both of those games will be at home. So if you want to check out some Southern Miss Volleyball and salute, um, the two seniors come out and uh, watch them um, this weekend. Ladies basketball defeats Southeastern Louisiana at home last night. So they missed two and one on the year, led by Respect Leapart with 19 points. Shante Hills chipped in 17 points. Kelsey Jones, six points and um, 10 rebounds. Lady Eagles will hit the road to Monroe, Louisiana to take on uh, University of Louisiana at Monroe. Take on, uh, what are they, Kelly? The Warhawks. The Warhawks? Yeah. Yeah, take on the Warhawks um, this coming Saturday uh, at noon. Men also in action um, last night, and or I'm sorry, they're in action tonight, taking on uh, North Florida. So uh, Eagles on the year one and one, lost to South Alabama and beat Delta State. Tip off tonight, I believe, is at six. Um, PM National Signing Day for baseball today, and happy to to be told that tomorrow we'll have Travis Creel uh, on the Eagle Hour to be talking through um, this class. Uh, my breakdown of it: uh, Eagles sign twelve players, uh, six, uh, we should say fielders, and uh, six uh, pitchers. So we'll talk to Coach Creel um, tomorrow. And and uh, I saw a, a Reese Ewing kid from Mobile, Alabama. Not sure if he's connected. Um, to the previous Ewings that have played for Southern Miss, but some Mississippi kids on there. Uh, another catcher signed out of uh, Goldport, Mississippi, Blake Johnson. So we'll have Coach Creel tomorrow. And, Kelly, tomorrow we will be in downtown Purvis, Mississippi. We will be at Ramey Motors, which uh, heading into deer season, you know, everybody's going to want the biggest and the best as far as uh, vehicles to get them in and out of the woods. And we're going to be talking with uh, Dakota Baker and the rest of the guys there. Ramey Motors has got just – if it's got four wheels, they've got it to sell, you know, and, uh, and top-of-the-line stuff. So we'll be there tomorrow live on a remote. You were talking about uh, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe, Luke, and I don't know – I know you're – a little bit younger than me. Well, well, you're a lot younger than me. But I remember when um, when Louisiana Monroe was, uh, they used to call them Northeastern Louisiana, and they were the Indians. And and I guess when the political correct movement started, I, I guess that they decided that that wasn't acceptable, so they, they moved to the Warhawks. I mean, they kept the same colors and everything, but, but uh, they used to be the Northeastern Louisiana Indians, so a little bit of perspective there. And you mentioned, interesting note, when you talked about the volleyball team at Southern Miss, you say salute the, the two seniors. Well, and, and it's, it's no secret that, that it's been kind of a struggle this year for the, for the ladies' volleyball team, but there's, there's good news ahead, uh, Luke, because that team is really loaded with a lot of uh, underclassmen, so you would think that, that much better things are to come uh, for the Lady Eagles volleyball team. Yeah, seven, uh, I was doing the math a little while ago, seven freshmen, four sophomores uh, on this roster, uh, just two juniors and, and two seniors. So Lady Eagles uh, poised for success, and it'll be great uh, when they get into that brand-new home uh, officially, and it'll be a great place to watch Lady Eagle uh, volleyball. So tonight, two college games, got some action and some ACC action, Buffalo at Kent State at 6 p.m. and North Carolina at Pittsburgh. NFL tonight, interesting, Kelly, Steelers at DeBrowns. Cleveland's a three-point favorite in that game. I don't really know if I am with that. 
No, I think if if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would uh, I would take the Steelers and the and the points. The Steelers were getting four at home last week and beat somebody at Pittsburgh. I don't remember who they played, but uh, but they won at home. They were getting points at Pittsburgh. How do you not? How would you they, not have bet that game? You know, they've won four in a row. They beat the they've beaten the Ram, the Rams, the Colts, the Dolphins, and the Chargers. So the the last two weeks. I guess the last three out of four weeks they've they've beat uh, playoff teams and it, uh, it they're, just, they're smoking hot. James Conner's back tonight, and uh, so I, the the big question for the Browns for me: Do we know for sure that Todd Munkin's calling plays? I, I still don't think he is. No, it's still kind of a mess, and I think that they're they're talking about maybe they made a coaching mistake too when they promoted Kitchens to the to the head coaching position. But the Steelers, and as much as it pains me to say it, yeah, the Steelers are, are playing well. And if they make the playoffs, that's really going to be a story because they started out 0-3, if not 0-4. So, um, so you know, I, I, I hate the Steelers, but good for them. You know, they, they seem to have, have righted the ship. And the good news for the Steelers is they have another game left with the Bengals. <laughs> and the good thing about the, bang, the Bengals, according to Rich Gannon, the Bengals historic this year, Kelly. Historically bad the worst football team he's ever seen how proud we must be so let's get the getaway car uh, get the getaway car started and head to friday luke yeah it should be good so uh, we'll be at we'll be at ramy motors tomorrow if you're uh, in the neighborhood come check us out uh there in purvis come see us love to meet you uh, we'll be joining uh, dakota baker and all the crew at ramy's motors uh tomorrow we'll catch you then and as always southern miss to, to the, the top, top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.